Well, we've heard our beautiful, Susie sung our, our beautiful sequence for Pentecost Sunday. We invoke in this nice little chant, we invoke the Holy Spirit. And again, I'll myself, I'd like to invoke the Holy Spirit to come upon us right now to help us to understand the mystery of the Holy Spirit and what we celebrate today on Pentecost Sunday. Some people think Pentecost Sunday is not a big deal. And really, it's actually the fulfillment of everything that we've been doing for the past Lent and Easter. So it is really a big deal. Jesus suffered on the cross, and he died. And he rose again on Easter Sunday. And he ascended into heaven on Ascension Thursday, all for the purpose of Pentecost Sunday. So Pentecost Sunday is the fulfillment of everything we've been about for the past few months now. Very, very important feast, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint my words so that I could convey the beautiful truths uh, that God wants us to understand, that the Holy Spirit wants us to understand today. First of all, a question here. All the red out there. Was this intentional or was it accidental? Intentional, right? Any accidental? Come on, be honest. Any accidental reds? There we go, Paul. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, you still, but see, that's the Holy Spirit inspiring Paul even though he didn't know it. Okay, the Holy Spirit acts and works that way. All right, we don't always have to know what's going on, but the Holy Spirit leads us. He leads us to wear red on his special day. Okay, I'm joking, but I'm also serious, and it's going to be actually part of what I'm going to talk about the inspirations and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. First of all, we see from our readings today, I think there's going to be three things that I'm going to talk about. The Holy Spirit is so important for us. Uh, because it is what energizes the ministry of the entire body of Christ and uh, mobilizes it in the mission of the church. It's very, very important to understand that, uh, that the clergy are not the only ones that are responsible for the pastoral mission of the church. But the laity are equally, they're co-responsible along with the clergy for the pastoral mission of the church. So the Holy Spirit is what moves us from being passive you know, churchgoers, to active participants in the ministry, in the pastoral mission of the church. And that's that's so important. We see that especially in our second reading from Corinthians. It talks about all the different gifts that are given. Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives gifts at an individual level for the benefit of the whole. All right, so that's one kind of gift that the Holy Spirit gives. The other gifts, and this is the second point that I want to make, the other, there's other gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, other kinds of gifts that are given for the benefit of the individual. Okay, so there's some gifts that are given to the individual for the benefit of the community, and those are the gifts that the, our second reading from Corinthians is being spoken about. Sometimes they're referred to as the charismatic gifts. Okay, And the charismatic movement, if anybody's familiar with the charismatic movements, it's a kind of a broad ecumenical movement. It's also a movement within the Catholic Church since the 1960s. Uh, it's got a lot of positive aspects to this movement. It was a movement that focused a lot on the on the truth of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit energizes everybody, laity, not just clergy, to be engaged in witness and evangelization. So so important. Okay, so that's a that's something that the charismatic movement, uh, a gift that the charismatic movement has brought to uh, the the broader church. There's other gifts that are given just for individuals, and those refer to if we can remember in our. Uh, the sequence that we heard Susie sing, it referred to as the sevenfold gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, 
And so the sevenfold gifts, there's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they resided first and foremost in our Lord Jesus Christ in the days of his earthly ministry. But when he sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, all of those gifts that mobilized him and moved him are now gifts that belong to the church as a whole and to each of us individually. And they are wisdom, understanding, knowledge, um, counsel, strength, piety, and fear of the Lord. And so four of the gifts have to do with our mind. And then three of the gifts have to do with our action and our behavior in the world. And these gifts are so important. We don't, we don't, we kind of like learn about them in a really cursorily manner when we, when we are confirmed and then we forget about them. But they're so important to the spiritual life of the Christian. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll try to explain to you what, why they're so beneficial and why they're so important. Oftentimes, when it comes to the gifts that have to do with our minds, we don't fully understand. We walk by faith when it comes to certain mysteries like the Trinity, for example. Okay, God's grace. Oh, there's so many mysteries that are revealed to us that are not evident to our minds, that will only be evident to our minds when we are in heaven, when we've achieved the final destiny of the human race and we see God directly. Then we'll understand. Now we don't. We walk by faith. And sometimes faith can be very, very kind of dark and it doesn't bring with it much uh, consolation. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit fill in the gap. So although there might be a mystery of the faith that we don't really understand, we really have this attraction to it. We are, we're, we're magnetized to it. We're enthralled by it. We're, we see its beauty and we appreciate it in a way that we can't fully understand with our minds. But we have this deep sense that it's true, even though we don't know how, even though our reason can't see how it might be true. Okay? And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit complement faith when it comes to the mysteries of our religion. And then you've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit that has to do with, with action. So you have uh, the, the the strength and piety and the fear of the Lord. Just talking about strength, it's uh, fortitude or courage. And again, another beautiful line from our sequence, it says that God gives us, or the Holy Spirit gives us consolation in the midst of suffering. I can't remember the exact line. If you can find it and look it up for me, do that. Um, and it, so... You look around your life and you're seeing all of these bad things that are happening to you. And for some reason, it's inexplicable. You're actually experiencing joy and peace in the midst of suffering. It's, it's like it doesn't make any sense. It's like irrational, but it's not irrational. It's beyond our reason. It's the consolation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those, that sevenfold gifts is so important for us as Christians. We can't navigate our way to heaven and work for the building up of the kingdom of God and do God's will on the earth without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not an ornament for some kooky, charismatic people. They're an absolute necessity for all of us, all Christians, all baptized uh, members of the body of Christ. Okay, and then thirdly, the final point that I'd like to make about the truth uh, that the Lord wants us to know here on Pentecost Sunday is that the Holy Spirit, it gives us guidance. It gives us a really, really special sense of fullness and consolation and joy. Okay, So we hear in our gospel today, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the advocate. 
Okay? The advocate is that word, it's a paraclete. So sometimes you'll hear the Holy Spirit referred to as the paraclete, which is the Greek term for, for the, for the Holy, Holy Spirit. And that word, it can mean advocate like in the sense of a, a legal advocate, like a lawyer who comes to your defense. Okay? And he gives you guidance. He gives you advice. And you're like, wow, if I didn't have the help of this guy, I'd be lost. The law is way too complicated for me. I haven't been to college and I don't understand it. But this advocate, this legal advisor comes into my life and he helps me understand what's going on. Okay, And so all of this is a metaphor for life. Life can get really complicated and God's ways are very mysterious. But the Holy Spirit comes to us and gives us guidance in the midst of that potential confusion so that we don't lose our, our heads. And it inspires us to pray. Has anybody inspired, been inspired to pray just spontaneously? Has anybody been inspired to take more time than they normally would in prayer? That's the advocate. That is the, the counsel of the Holy Spirit leading us and giving us peace and understanding in the midst of potential confusion. The Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost is so important. The whole Bible the Old Testament and the New Testament say that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is basically the fulfillment of all human history. Why God created us was to fill us with the Holy Spirit. But our sin got in the way of all of that. And so that's why the Son of God had to come and die and rise again from the dead and ascend to heaven so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And right now in this life, we're, we just have a little foretaste. Last night at the vigil, we read this uh, a section, a different section than we read tonight or to this morning. It's a section from Romans, and in that section, Saint Paul refers to the Holy Spirit as the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so, if there's any farmers out there, and I know there are, if anybody understands the whole idea of the first fruits, it's like this: you've been laboring all season long or all year long, whatever it might be. Okay, you've plowed the ground up, you got everything prepared, you got the things planted. You're making sure the crop, whatever it is, is uh, progressing and developing. And finally, fruit starts to appear. The whole thing that you wanted all along starts to come about. And so you take the first of that batch and you offer it to the Lord. That's what they did in the Old Testament. They offer it to the Lord as the first fruits. And uh, those first fruits are a sign that a whole lot of good stuff is coming. Okay, it's the beginning of the harvest, just the beginning of the harvest. So also, we in this light have just a little bit of what's promised to us in the fulfillment, in the resurrection of the dead, in the final culmination of all history and all creation, when Jesus Christ comes back again, the full harvest, we've just got the first fruits now, the full harvest of the powers of the age to come will be Realized, manifested, and, but we know even right now just a little bit of that, okay? In Hebrews we talk about, the, the author says, right now we taste right now just a little bit of the powers of the age to come, okay? The first fruits of the Holy Spirit, it's a token and a promise and a guarantee of something really awesome and big that's about to come. It's the fulfillment of everything, and that's what the Holy Spirit do, does for us now. It fulfills us. Okay? There's so many people walking around who are empty today. They're so empty. They have 
found by experience that pursuing merely earthly aims and earthly pleasures is not fulfilling. And sin brings sorrow and sadness. And they're empty shells. And we as Christians can fall into that as well. But Pentecost reminds us that that's not what God has for us. He wants us to be full, filled, fulfilled. And this is what we hear in our first passage on the day of, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were full of the whole, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So all that kind of emptiness and blah is wiped out, wiped away by the consolation, the comfort, and the help of the advocate, of the Holy Spirit, who comes to us as a personal guide, who inspires us in our prayer, and who makes obedience to God's moral demands joyful. Right? It's the last thing you wonder, like, oh boy, I guess I gotta do the right thing now. Oh, okay, I'm gonna do it, but I'm not gonna like it. Okay? That's not what God has for the Christian. He wants us, when we do what's truly right and virtuous, there is a joy that comes along with that, and we find that spiritual joy is way better than any kind of earthly pleasure that we could experience in the here and now. But that spiritual joy is for us right here and right now. You know, people don't do things that they don't enjoy doing. Okay, simple as that. And so the Holy Spirit comes and makes us enjoy following Christ. It makes us enjoy doing His will. It makes us enjoy embracing the cross, even. And so that we actually take pleasure in it. And it reinforces and encourages more and more obedience and sacrifice and following of Christ because we have the consolation and the comfort and the peace and the joy. St. Paul says that the kingdom of God is not in food and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So my brothers and sisters, all the while knowing this is just a foretaste of the great things that God has for us, we thank him today for the fulfillment of everything that we've been about up until now throughout Lent and Easter Sunday and Ascension Thursday. We understand and we're grateful for the joy of the Holy Spirit that makes us follow his will, encourages us, and makes uh, obedience uh, to Christ's will for us not a burden, uh, but a joy.